there, everyone. Welcome back to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom McCarthy. So happy to be with you. Got a terrific show today. Rob Little is our guest. Rob is a relentless ball of enthusiastic energy, and I had a great time speaking to him. Looking forward to having him in town this week at the castle. Got a lot of things to go over, a lot of housekeeping items before we hit play on our conversation. Uh, first off, an apology is 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 in order. If you recall, our last episode before our Labor Day broke break, I mentioned that we are trying to get back onto our regular schedule of posting new content and new interviews every Tuesday. That has proven to be a little bit difficult for a couple of different reasons, so please bear with us. I know this show is posting a little bit late. If all goes well, we will be back to regular Tuesday releases starting next week, which I believe is the 20th of September. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making more out of it than I should. Maybe you just don't care. Maybe you're just happy that you're hearing an interview today. But I also uh, I think it's good business and, and good for our loyal listeners to make sure that we're dropping them on a weekly basis on the same day. And I think we can get back on that schedule if all goes to plan. Uh, keep in mind that most of this has been unforeseen. Part of it, too. I've been I've been so punch drunk and sick the last couple of weeks. I don't even remember if I mentioned this on last episode, but 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 your host, yours truly, I got food poisoning that has been about the sickest I have been in my life. Uh, COVID was nothing compared to uh, the stomach bug that I picked up, and um, a couple rounds of antibiotics lost at the, as of today. 12 pounds and my energy was just zapped. It was very difficult to pick up the phone and speak to anyone, much less pull off um, an entertaining interview. So no excuses, but there's an excuse. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about what's going on at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle here for the week of September 12th. It is busy, busy, busy as always. Tonight, the 14th of September, Wednesday, September 14th, 7.30 p.m. It is our advanced comedy class showcase our producer, Joel Fregamini, as you know, runs these classes. They are terrific. These are comics who already have some experience, who are trying to take the next level. And this is a great showcase for their talents and hopefully springing uh, a springboard on to bigger and better things. I'll be doing a spot at the show. If you come out, make sure you say hello. I'm going to try and grab some interviews tonight uh, with some of the local comics who are on the show, too. There's got some real interesting uh, people and some solid comics on it. So I'll make sure to bring that to you. And then, of course, it is Rob Little Weekend, the 15th through the 17th, five shows with Rob on Thursday the 15th, 7.30 p.m., two shows on Friday the 16th, early show 7.15, late show is 9.45, and then doing it all over again on Saturday the 17th, early show is at 7, late show is at 9.30. You won't want to miss Rob. I know he's got a big following in this area. Uh, you'll hear me mention in the interview, he was the very first uh, headliner that I opened for, my very first paid weekend back in 2010. And uh, he's, he's he's just a terrific comic, uh, terrific act. If you're feeling down in the dumps or a little bit blue and you want to have some fun this weekend, get your butt out to a Rob Little show. Sunday the 18th, we have two shows with the great Mateo Lane. Mateo has such a huge following. As of right now, both of those shows, the 6 o'clock and the 845, are sold out. 
Uh, I've already received a couple texts today, as a matter of fact, for people who are looking for tickets for that. I don't have any special connections, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I did. My best advice to you is on the afternoon of the show, maybe around four o'clock or so, give the castle a call. Give the castle a call and see if anyone has turned in some tickets. Uh, sometimes that does happen. So 248-542-9900, of course, is the castle's phone number. And then we'll be into the week of the 19th. we got some cool stuff coming up then. The Detroit LA competition, another comedy class showcase, and then Jared Freed in town uh, for next weekend. So as always, it's a great time of year to get out to a comedy show. September in so many ways is one of my favorite months. It's the, it's the weather in this part of the world is the best. Um, college football is back. Uh, we have some really good comedy shows. I've got some nice bookings that I'm, I'm happy about. Oh, by the way, if you are not in the Metro Detroit area and you live in Northern Michigan, I know we should have some listeners up there. Uh, come out and see me. I'm at the Traverse City Comedy Club the weekend of September 23rd. Looking forward to those shows. Uh, well, there was one other kick-ass thing I was going to say about September. Oh, golf. I'm, I'm a bit of a golfer. It's a, it's a stretch to <laughs> what I play doesn't resemble golf to somebody who can actually play it, but I love playing. And uh, what a great month to golf in. I just played yesterday and it was 71 degrees, no humidity, light breeze, sunny. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Let me let me pull it back together here. Let's 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 focus on some comedy. Um, great conversation with Rob. I knew it would be. Rob Little is just uh, he, he's one of those guys when you talk to him, it's 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 hard not to be enthusiastic. He um, I've hung with him on stage and off. He's, he's kind of the same. He's generally positive, upbeat. He's got a great act. Uh, I highly recommend uh, his dry bar special. You'll hear me um, botch the name of it, uh, but uh, go check out Rob Little and his dry bar special that came out last week. He's got great albums out too. He's got a few that are uh, several years old that I still love. Hall and Ass is one of them. Uh, Crisscross Applesauce, you can get those on Apple Music, iTunes, what have you. Uh, but a terrific act, terrific guy, and most importantly, for the Comedy Castle podcast, he's a terrific interview. Sit back and enjoy. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line is one of my personal favorites for many reasons, the great Rob Little. How you doing, Rob? Hey, brother. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you at the castle, as always. <sighs> it's my favorite. And it's my home club. It's where I started everything. You so. you get mentioned a lot. Like, when, when I have people... I guess we would call it like a roundish, the class of 2000 or so, give or take a few years on either side of that. So many great comics, working comics to this day, came out of the uh, came out of the Detroit scene at that time. Who were some of your contemporaries uh, that you remember starting off with and doing mics? Well, um, like when I started, it was me, Bill Bouchard, and Sal D'Amelio. Yeah, and us three were like inseparable like if you if one of us was at an open mic we were all there <laughs> so and then me and bouchard actually lived together for a while um but it was like it was so freaking fun at that time there were some other guys that started out with us at the same time but like there was it was almost like you were in one group or the other group you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely yeah and so we were just we were just a hardworking group, man. We would drive three hours to do two to five minutes. <laughs> it was ridiculous. 
it is, you know, when you look back on it, sometimes you're so in it trying to get the next thing, the next booking, you know, whatever's coming your way that you kind of forget the process and just how much fun it is when you first start getting confidence, you first start getting laughs, you first start getting booked. It really is. uh, It's a magical time that that, uh, I don't think people reflect on enough. You know, it's it's funny when you're saying that I was sitting here thinking about like, yeah, it was magical, man. It was like I still had the day job then, and I just remember like, oh, how do I get better so I can quit this day job? <laughs> and the, and then like now, even to this day, like when people go, oh, what do you do for a living? And I say I'm a stand-up comedian. It still has that magical feeling to it because I already know they're going to respond. Yeah. Nobody ever just goes, oh, cool. And they don't ever have follow-up questions. There's always follow-up, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, I uh, I mentioned at the top that you're one of my personal favorites for, for several reasons. So let me rattle off a couple. <laughs> first off, you may recall from last time we spoke, you, you were my first. You were my very first paid weekend. Uh, you know, comics never forget that. But I opened, really? for, you at, I opened for you at Joey's in 2010. When I, of all the gigs I've done since, I remember that the, when the lights went down on that first Wednesday night, God, was I shitting my pants. But you were awesome. You were very kind the whole weekend. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Only- oh, that, what a great memory, man. I, cause that was, that first, I mean, Ridley's is my home club, but Joey's was my very first time on stage. Yeah, kind of, kind of like with me too. Like I uh, started getting my wings at Joey's, and then you know, as I felt more confident, I started showing up at the mics uh, at, at Ridley's, and, and over the years, of course, it became my home club. But a couple of funny memories of that weekend is number one, <laughs> you did a gag that I've repeat that I've done to many people opening for me over the years, but. <laughs> I had all of my notes splayed over. And if you recall, Joey's didn't have a green room. It had like a green couple of chairs by the right. <laughs> by the kitchen. But I had my right. notes. I was on stage. And when I came off stage, you had taken a pen and crossed out several pages and said, I wouldn't do these. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done that I, to several people. So kudos. I still do that. <laughs> Don't leave your stuff out when you go on stage because I'm going to do something to it. There was a comic I just worked with in uh, Albany, New York at the Funny Bone, and I'm, he left um, his backpack, and he had, like, little um, sticky notes. Mm-hmm. So I just took – I wrote on every, like, blank sticky note, don't do this, take this joke out. <laughs> like, this is where I move <laughs> for you. Um, <laughs> and I hit him all through his books. And like through all over his inside his backpack, so I'm sure he's still finding stuff to this day. But yeah. oh my god, why does that make us feel so good? <laughs> <laughs> Another memory from that weekend too is if I wasn't shitting my pants enough of you know just <laughs> being on that stage. And one thing that is cool too, if you recall the back in the Joey's days, that it was at least a five, if not six, show weekend. So when you're just getting started, that that's awesome the experience. But oh yeah, just the stress all weekend and you at that time had in my opinion a wonderfully complicated closing bit that required audio that uh i think it had like a taylor swift or something that you oh um that was 2010 because yeah. i'm like occasionally i still do that every now and then. that was a, that was <laughs> a great was, it was a great closer a while 
But there's clubs that it was actually a Carrie Underwood song. Okay, Carrie Underwood. And, and she would, um, I actually got to meet her eventually because I met a band that opened for her. And they invited me out on a couple of the dates. So I got to meet her and everybody's like, don't tell her your version. <laughs> <laughs> like I charted to her band and they thought it was hilarious. But they're they're like, I wouldn't tell her because she's pretty religious. And uh, this my version is, uh, yeah, it's not on that side. So, oh, yeah. And then it, Joey's God bless them, always perpetually understaffed. And you weren't sure who was doing what. So they had nobody on Friday and Saturday. They had nobody to work the audio. So they put me back there looking at this huge rack of buttons <laughs> and switches. And of course, I did the wrong cue. I remember you kind of shooting a look over there. I'm saying, hey, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> but we got it straight. And it was a great weekend. I wasn't mean to you, though, was I? No, I no. Not. And plus, oh, okay. you know, I get it too. Now, I, I, I guess another memory too that just popped into my head that I, I think some of our listeners who are kind of just getting into comedy or trying to get their wings is that. I realized very early on it, the gap between an opener to a feature and a feature to a headliner. And at that time, 12 years ago, it seemed like the farthest out dream that I could even get into a feature spot, much, much less a headliner. But it just shows what you need to do. You just need to keep working and plugging away and work on your best opening set and then and then somebody will give you a shot at a middle set and then just keep right. polishing that uh, because you were already a pretty well-formed comic you were already you know 10 11 years into your career at that time and had some pretty significant credit so it it, it stands to reason that you should have been that much ahead of myself in, in the future well when i it was weird when i got started they were telling me like i started in 98 March of 98 and March uh, 8th, as a matter of fact, I know that it was a Sunday. <laughs> and um, and uh, I remember we had a ton of clubs we could get up at, especially like within a two hour radius of Detroit, mm -hmm. which to some people here, two hours, oh my God, but that was like nothing. That's nothing for yeah. comics, you know? So we could hit a ton of clubs and it isn't like that now. And no. unfortunately, and I moved up really fast. Like I was, hand, I would literally do nothing but work on jokes when I was home, or even at work during the day, and try them out on all the um, computer uh, Indian guys I worked with. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, I don't know, the, the, it, it's different for everybody, and your circumstances make a big part of that because if you don't have the opportunity, it's going to take you a while to move up. You know. Oh, yeah. But for me, man, we, I lucked out. I moved up. Fat. Like in two and a half years, I was already headlining like C and B rooms, you know? Yeah, it is. It is not odd now when you, you know, I'm still as plugged into the scene as I can. I still show my face around and meeting some of the younger comics and comics who have some chops and some good material. It it there's a lot that's tougher for them just because there are so few clubs to work out in uh, yeah. now, you know, so many have vaporized in, in, in the last decade and the pandemic certainly didn't help. That's the bad news. The good news is though, with social media and, uh, and, and the popularity of YouTube and you can get your stuff out there. I mean, I remember you had a bit uh, back then about smartphones and I had just gotten my first smartphone that week. And that seems, you know, Look how much has changed in 12 yeah. years. Yeah. 
when you just when you say that, um, when I started, I was the only comedian in Michigan that had a website wow. because that was my degree, and they just came out. So who the hell's gonna have one? You know. Plus, it was like people looked at it as kind of expensive to get one. So I was getting corporate gigs and all this stuff that I had no business doing. But people thought I was some big thing because I had a website. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I remember some local headliners were like, you know, it was a pretty decent website, too, because that was my that was what I did for a living. So I would have guys coming up going, yeah, I'm opening for Rob's website next week. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so funny. They're like, look, look at this hot shot with a website. I'll, I'll just keep sending out blast faxes. It's working just fine for me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember they used to do postcards. Oh, my gosh. People would get post, like their people's addresses after shows and send them postcards. And I, I actually got this idea from Etta May, an older comic. It was real popular back in the day. Yeah. And she, um, she would do postcards, and I was like, I only need their emails. And so I started doing that email thing, and um, I still do it to this day. And every week you get you know anywhere from 50 to a couple hundred emails, and that adds to your fan base fast, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. A couple so, – um... A couple. I need to throw in a couple extra platitudes too of what I remember from first meeting you, and 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 that weekend is you and I are both proud Central Michigan graduates. Yeah, fire up chips. Fire up chips. And to this day, it, it's how ironic that one of the most successful Chippewas I've ever met is a stand-up comic. <laughs> fire up chips. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's another funny thing you said because I had somebody tell me they were going to Central Michigan for a, what was it? It was like a thing to get recruited there, and they were showing famous people from there, and I was one of them. Oh, how about that? Yeah, I, that I hope to make that cool. roster someday. I uh, I don't know if um, when you were up there because we're we're a little bit different in age, but. The very one of the very first times I I ever was on stage was uh, they had a great um, comedy room uh, in the Holiday Inn in Mount Pleasant. It was yeah. called Boomers, and uh, yeah. I, I of course people who listen to the show I've I've bored them ad nauseum with my story. But I first did comedy in the early '90s and then took a good 15 year break to get my feet under me. But wow. um, yeah, one of my very first times on stage was there and. I always had visions of, of going back to Mount Pleasant, a concrete hero. And to this day, I have never played Mount Pleasant, not one place. I, I, same thing with me. I saw him like a few times. I don't know why I didn't go more often, but I was in a fraternity, so I really didn't care about anything else at that time. <laughs> um, but I did go once or twice, and I remember thinking, oh, I'd love to do it one day. And I think I did it one time, and that was it. But like you said, there was a club. I'm from up north in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Like, um, by it's called Payne County, Michigan, yep. which is by Bay City, Saginaw. And there was a club when I was in high school in Saginaw called the Saginaw Comedy Club. And I would go every Friday or Saturday to there. And, um, this is before I was a comic. And, um, I was like, man, I want to play here so bad. And then by the time I started, I could never, I remember, like, I couldn't get, I wasn't a, quite a feature yet. And I didn't, couldn't get booked, and then they closed. And I was like, <laughs> ah, such a bummer, you know? Yeah, it's uh, uh, there's there's too much. Uh, there, I, I think about 
some of the wreckage in the clubs that I never, I got to feature at, um, I got to feature at, uh, Joey's never got to headline. It closed before that. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Chaplin's two weeks after two weeks after it closed. Yeah. And I was like so bummed that it closed before I got to play it one last time. <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite comedy memories. I wish I could find the photo of it because it would be great for an album cover. But, um, when the South line hotel burned down, uh, and I know you, I, I did a show with you there years ago, but the South line hotel burned down two days for before real? I was going to record my album and on the news footage, when like the the Fox Two news station was out there, you could see my melted name on on the marquee. Oh my god! <laughs> like that is amazing. smoke and flames coming out of it. I, I I was like, boy, that's a metaphor for my career right there. That is awesome. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to uh, ask you, there's been so much changes in your life, so many changes in your life since I last spoke to you, including uh, weathering a pandemic and all the craziness. But you are a longtime Midwesterner. You are as Midwestern as it gets. I can vouch for that. But you um, you moved to, I think you're in Central Florida now, correct? Yes, correct. Um, How's the transition? I it, Where I live is like a town just like any Michigan city. It's like super friendly. All my, all my relatives, all my neighbors are like super cool. They're all older, but there's a couple maybe around my age, but most of them are a little older and they're all just, man, I leave my house and they are like, they watch it like Hawks. (laughs) So there was one time I was gone for like, I don't know, like a month and I came home and I was back in my truck out of the driveway, and my neighbor called me and goes, hey, some, somebody's in your truck. And I go, yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's how often I was like, that's how gone I was, and they were still, like, checking my place all the time. But there, it's I love it. Like I, But what I did was, during the pandemic, I learned a million new skills. I totally, my neighbors all helped me renovate the house. Like from top to bottom, there one of my neighbors is a plumber, the other's an electrician, and two of them are handymen. And they taught me so many things that I'm like a tool guy now. I love like I've I've already remodeled a few friends like kitchens and stuff. Wow! Oh my god! Yeah, it is. My house is amazing. It you wouldn't even recognize it from where I the day I moved in to where it is now. I uh, I would think too. With I, I know you do a ton of cruise work. Uh, that's yeah. probably a good place to hub out of if you if you're if you're working the ships. That's the number one reason I moved there. I was working so many ships that I got sick and tired of flying there all the time. And I thought I'm just gonna live down here, and as long as I can be on a lake where I can fish. I don't care where I live, and this is where I ended up in, in like an hour north of Orlando. And I, I, it's funny. I booked it for the cruises, but the last few cruises of all, like I've been doing Alaskan cruises and then up by New York. And I'm like, I'm in Florida. You, you crack your heads. Why? Are you, <laughs> why are you booking me everywhere else? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a wonderfully complicated state. I've been going down there for 40 years, and there's some aspects of it that I just absolutely love. I'm a total Disney geek, and uh, I love um, I love Naples and, and Marco Island, but I've also just the number of weird things that have happened to me there, too. Have you encountered any Florida weirdness? Well, I one here's something that just happened recently, and it's I never knew this was a thing in Florida, but I've had 
two black bears in my yard <laughs> in Florida. Yeah. And I got them on my cameras. So I got the video of them and I'm just like, I didn't know there were bears in Florida. Did you? <laughs> hell, hell no. That's like if... We get snakes, gators, yeah. bears. Oh, gators are just <laughs> frightening me. You know, I got hip to a really, I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago and, um, uh, one of our friends had lived in Florida and now has moved back and she hipped us to a game that you play. You, um, you plug in Florida man and your birthday and the shit that comes up, it works for any, like, so what's your, what's your, uh, birthday? I, I don't need the year, but what, what do you mean online? Yeah. So here, what, when, what day were you I'm born? I'm doing it right now too. December, um, 24th is my birthday. Okay. Uh, December 24th, Florida, man, let me plug this in and first thing that pops up is florida man bites his brother's penis off after having <laughs> sex with his cousin okay there you go oh my god florida man with drugs around penis denies they were his oh you've got a good one here <laughs> oh my god yeah, time it, traveler one yeah it works any anyone any birthday you just plug it in and an algorithm will find you some crazy florida news from wow. that day <laughs> bites his brother's penis off. i mean <laughs> wow <laughs> i don't think i want to know any more about this story than that yeah that, what more do you need to know really Let's hope it's a stepbrother. Well, even then, it's still. <laughs> well, even even when you were down there, too, and people, um, you know, I know you more through your social media presence. I, I don't, gosh, I, I run into you very infrequently. It's been six or seven years since I've seen you in person. But if I follow you on social media, and anyone who follows you knows um, how much a part of your life that your your mom has been in, in, in so many ways, a huge supporter of your career. And I know you lost her this year. Was it, yeah. was it, were you able to spend considerable time here? Cause if I understand it, she was still in Michigan, correct? Correct. Were you able to get up here and, and be with her? And I know it had to have been difficult. I was there at the end and I was there, like I was, I was going back and forth pretty much between gigs. I would come and stay with her and, uh, she went downhill super fast. Um, so, but I was there at the end and, we thought she had like a couple more weeks when mm -hmm. we got her into hospice. And so I got there and they were like, uh, this might be the last night. And so we called my sister. My sister lives in Reno and she like hopped on the first plane, but she didn't make it there in time. And, uh, it's... it didn't matter. Cause she, my mom was already, it was, it was that last night was, she was already gone pretty much, but. Yeah, it's, I, it sucks, dude. I know you lost your dad. Yeah, you said, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, listeners to the program know that I'm adopted. I've shared that before, and I was fortunate enough to be reunited with both my biological father and mother. So, um, wow. both of my dads, my uh, adoptive dad, who's been my dad since day one, and my biological father, who came into my life later, uh, passed away about thirty days. Um, uh, apart, or excuse me, 90 days apart, and uh, we dealt with hospice too. I, I got a call. I was in Marquette hurry hurry get here and i just made it and wow yeah it's uh it, it, it's hard man because my yeah. mom was pretty much the glue in our family and oh they always are yeah and, you, and so i only got i don't have anybody left now except my sister and my nephew and so and before this me and my sister didn't get along and now we're getting along great which is 
insane. That that's funny. Um, that that yeah. happened with me too with my brother. You know, we've never been really, really close, didn't see eye to eye, but we at least rallied and pulled together for for that. Yeah, she's coming to Christmas at my house this year, which I'm. I mean, it's very very odd for me. Yeah. So, but it's we're getting along great. So I don't want to ruin. I don't want that to <laughs> change. You know. It it reminds me of um, a conversation. I, I was on a. I was in my early to mid thirties. I don't know where I was coming from or going to, but I'm I'm on a flight and there's two guys behind me who my guess were they were mid to late fifties, and they were having a conversation. The one guy was telling the other one that he lost both of his parents this year, and it had been a rough year. And then and, and then he paused and he said, "And you know what?" Even at my age now, I feel totally alone. I feel yeah. when 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 you're it's just it's just something that never occurs to you. You know, inevitably, it's it's likely to happen statistically. Uh, if we live normal uh, lives, we will lose our parents in our lifetime. But you're just never fully prepared to to live without them. Well, it's so true, man. It's it's been really hard, and the, so many things come up that remind you of them. You know. Well, yeah. here's one thing I would tell people that I wish we would have did more of is um, have video of them. Yeah. Because we don't hardly have, we have tons of pictures, but no, but very little video. And I have a couple voicemails from her still, and but they're not like ones where, you know, you want to hear, I don't know, you know, like, something special oh, yeah them. totally yeah totally it's even like them just asking for money or something <laughs> like that, crap. or singing happy birthday at somebody's party yeah. you know something as simple as that well right condolences i followed it from afar um you're you, people who know you too is you you're the epitome of the ever upbeat energy guy so we we can't afford to have you moping around or down on the wow. dump so <laughs> well thanks after you just made me cry because of my mommy. <laughs> Hey, believe me, we're going to end on an up note because uh, before we okay. wrap, I wanted to uh, pay you a compliment and ask you uh, a couple of things. So um, when I was prepping for the show, I was going back through my Rob Little catalog and I, I dusted off. I dusted off Hall and Ass, which, by the way, has one of the best album covers in the history of comedy. And, uh, and... that album cover got me in so much trouble, though. <laughs> I couldn't do a corporate event because they thought I was trying to sell porn. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyway. I don't know. When I look at it, it makes me want to buy porn. So I think they had it. A... <laughs> and then, uh, of course, I listened to Crisscross Applesauce, which I re recalled pretty well. But then I did not know that you had a dry bar special out, and it was fantastic. Uh, uh, politic political correctness has gone too far is your dry bar and it's fairly recent no, tell it's us actually it's a, that's just the title of one of the bits I oh. think. the it's actually called adorable oh there you go <laughs> even better so to tell Stupid. us how that came together that's an awesome credit um you know it was uh i think they just ran out of guys they needed and so <laughs> no they um the they got a few different people that helped book it and somebody, one of them came to me and um, when we went to shoot that, you shoot it with like, there's a couple other comics there. So you all shoot your own. And I was the last one up and this crowd was really warmed up. And I, man, I couldn't have asked for better crowds. Um, 
they actually, the first edit they sent me was almost 100% different from what they ended up going with. And it was, and that was great. So I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll get two specials out of this. And because they, they are giving guys like a second, excuse me, a second special. And uh, I did not get that yet. But the first one, man, well, when I came off, the lady goes, I've never heard the crowd that loud before. That was awesome. They, they shoot it in um, Utah, don't they? Yeah, in Provo, which Provo. is also, it's all Mormons. Yeah. So. And, um, nobody drinks. So <laughs> that's why it's called Dry Bar. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny. So, you know, your act, even though, you know, you're, you got some swears in there and some, some, some randy off-color stuff, but you've got the type I, of act, too, that you can go as clean as you need to. It's very versatile. And, of course, you know, working well, the cruise ships, that's important. Yes. You got kids right in front of you. You can be as clean. I mean, last night I did a show for a benefit up north in Michigan, um, and it was, I would say, 95% um, gray hairs. And I, I mean, I was squeaky clean. I didn't cuss once. And because I remember, because when I walked in, somebody comes up to me and goes, Yeah, they're already, somebody's already saying, Oh, I hope he doesn't get too raunchy. <laughs> you know, when they say that, you better keep it as clean as you can. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, as long as I know well in advance what the gig is and what the expectations are, I'm I'm adaptable and I'm fine with that. I just hate when it's sprung on me when I get there, you know. You know. Yeah, but it's gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It does suck, but what do you really? What more are you gonna do? You're just gonna go. Oh, well then, let me do this set instead. Really, you should always kind of have a cleaner set in your back pocket just in case. I've. But, I've I've found or over just time write jokes where you yeah. don't have to swear every time, you know, well, a, a good joke works uh, regardless. And I do get, right. you know, I think comedy for me, sometimes, you know, I was very much in the nine to five corporate world. I had to have a persona between nine to five. That was different uh, than, than, than who I am when I'm hanging out. So I enjoyed just speaking the way I wanted to speak when I got on stage, but as time has gone on, uh, the, the cleaner bits and the cleaner material give you a chance at so much more exposure. And, um, you know, it's gratifying when, when you can pull off a set and you entertain people and you're not doing your swears. Right. The, exactly. It's usually done to accommodate. <laughs> you know, I've found over the years that when you get to a gig and they give you a, a, a rundown of instructions of what to say, what not to say, it's usually to accommodate like one or two people in the crowd, too. Yeah. <laughs> Because the rest of them are like, it was good, but man, we would have liked it got dirty. <laughs> yeah, but do you see grandma over in the corner? Because they're the ones that will gripe and get make a big stink of it. Like I did, oh man, I'll never forget this. Like you get corporate shows and they, you always ask, well, what are your rules? What do you guys want? Mm -hmm. And this was for um, the John Deere company. So I was like, it's going to be all blue collar dudes. Yeah. It was all like for John Deere stores. Well, they get there, and it was two brothers, and one of them was super cool, and the other was just a jerk. And the one that was a jerk says, we don't care what you talk about. Just don't talk about our mother. And I was like, no problem. So I went in, and I did some tester jokes just to see. And it was like half the room was great, but the half that was sitting on the same side as the mother was very tight. And I don't know what joke I said, but there was one that just – as soon as I said it, she was done, and they would just glared at me the rest of the show. <laughs> and when I came off, they went up there, and the cool brother was still cool to me, but the other brother says right into the mic, he goes, 
he was about to hand it to the mother, and he goes, and don't say anything bad about the comedian. And he gives her the mic. And I'm still in the room. Oh, <laughs> you know what no. I mean? Yeah. I was so embarrassed. Plus, they didn't pay me yet, so I couldn't leave right away. And I was just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that you know. Also, good advice too is always know if it's a, if it's a fundraiser or a special event. Always know what it's for. We uh, did a show at Joey's many years ago, and uh, I don't know if you know Darnell Anderson, but just a terrific, yeah. wonderful, uh, great guy. I think he was the MC on this particular. No, excuse me, he was the middle, and it was a fundraiser for uh, someone who had lost um, uh, a spouse to cancer. And oh. Daryl's Darnell got there a little bit late. He, you know, he grabbed a glass of water, hit the, hit the mic, and his first couple bits were about cancer. And I was like, oh no. my god, I wanted to die for him. And anyone who knows Darnell, he's just the nicest guy. Would never intentionally hurt or offend anyone. But it took him a lot to dig out from that. Oh man. Well, this uh, hey, you've cheered me up on a on a hump day here. It's a, it's always great to connect with <laughs> yeah. you. You're a, you're a ball of positive energy. I love your love your comedy. You got good memories of starting my journey off opening for Rob Little many years ago. Thanks, brother. That is such a cool cool thing to remember. I don't remember my first opening headliner. Oh, he must have not made an impression. He must have not fucked with your notebook. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's funny you brought up the notebook, though. It's sitting right in front of me because I'm trying to work on some new stuff right now. Oh, listen, man. It's always fun connecting with you. I wish you the best at the castle this weekend. I know you knock it out, and I hope hope to bump into you out down out on the road. Sounds good, brother. Thanks, Thanks for Rob. having me. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. There you have it. Rob Little. That was a lot of fun. It was uh, We had a couple scheduling conflicts with Rob, and that was worth waiting for because it was just nice to catch up with him. Real solid guy. Been through a lot and uh, uh, looking forward to seeing him here uh, at the Comedy Castle. So that's it for this week's show. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for listening. Leave a comment, like it, follow it, spread the word. We will keep bringing you interviews with the top comics in America on a weekly basis. Hopefully on an every Tuesday basis from here to the end of the year and, and beyond. Um, thank you, as always, to our producer, producer Joel Fregman, who does such a great job. I send him these shows oftentimes with 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 stuff that needs to be cut out and, and, and audio technical difficulties. And boom, Joel, with his magic, posts a clean sounding, entertaining show. And I sure do appreciate it. Appreciate all of you. Until next time, this is Tom McCarthy for Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle podcast. Mm-hmm.